Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, and today I am digging into part six, the last part of my intuitive eating summer series. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. If you haven't listened to the last five parts, we've covered everything from ditching diets and making peace with food to the satisfaction factor, tackling the food police, navigating hunger and fullness cues, emotional eating, and body respect. I encourage you to go listen to those first before you come back here as we chat all about incorporating movement and gentle nutrition into your intuitive eating journey. Just a reminder as we dig into today's topic that intuitive eating isn't a diet or a set of rules. It's a nutrition framework based on 10 principles developed by dietitians Evelyn Triboli and Elise Thresh to help you tune into your body's wisdom to help you find what works for you. For an overview of the 10 principles, check out episode four, the 10 principles of intuitive eating, which I will again link in the show notes for you to go ahead and listen. So let's talk movement and gentle nutrition. I decided to combine principles nine and 10 into this episode for a couple reasons. First, they are the last steps of intuitive eating for a really good reason. In order to truly step into a life where you're honoring and respecting your body and health, the first eight principles are essential for having a balanced relationship with food. If your relationship with food is broken, every change you implement will feel like a diet, like a restriction. And we know from episode one in this series that diets cause rebellion and backlash. They don't honor our autonomy as humans, so we don't see them as beneficial habit changes. We see them, these changes, as threats to our freedom because diets are threats to our freedom. Making peace with all foods and taking the morality out of food choices allows us to fully embark on the open-ended journey of finding what makes us thrive, whether it's the type of foods that truly make us feel good, the type of movement, or what kind of self-care. We need to start with a healthy relationship with food before we can go any deeper into our health journey and expect changes to actually last. 
And further, the changes you make when you've healed your relationship with food and learned to tune into your body will likely be the right choices, or at least on the right track, because you need to know how your body responds to choices to decide if implementing them is right for you. Gone are the days of following a meal plan blindly hoping to see radical change. Change happens when you can tell what really feels good and develop the you diet. The second reason I combine these two principles is because there's a lot more resources on the podcast and to come about these topics. I am so passionate about helping you find your beautiful balance in food and fitness and truly feeling good and stepping into your healthiest life beyond diets. So let's first chat movement. We all know the benefits of regular movement for our overall health and well-being. But how often are you moving? Not just exercising, but moving. Multiple studies from 2012 on have showed that sitting too much is not the same as exercising too little. These studies are showing moving regularly is even more beneficial than having an exercise routine. The more we sit, the more detrimental it is to our health. The more we move, the more we embrace our humanness and how our bodies were made to exist. We weren't created to be sedentary creatures. We were made to move. But that being said, getting in regular exercise is also important. But it's important to approach exercise from a mindful place. You should enjoy the exercise you're doing and allow for flexibility, or you won't create a routine that sticks. And when it comes to exercise, consistency is really important. And when I say consistency, I don't mean you need to do the same routine every week. A huge part of mindful exercise is, just like with intuitive eating, assessing where your body's at and asking what it wants and needs that day. So building up a repertoire of enjoyable activities that encourage regular movement and exercise is important to allow for flexibility and consistency. A lot of women I work with feel resistant to exercise because exercise has only been used as a means to change their body. But that's truly not the purpose of exercise at all. The purpose of exercise is to strengthen our body so we can show up as our best, healthiest selves. It's only possible if we are regularly pursuing movement that feels good. So I want you to ask yourself, How would pursuing activities for pleasure and enjoyment affect your desire to be active? I have a good feeling the more you enjoy the movement you're doing, the more you'd want to do it. Getting in touch with the health benefits of exercise outside of changing your body can also be a helpful motivator for making exercise a regular part of your routine, a joyous part of your routine. Now, I do want to give you the general guidelines for exercise. The general recommendations for movement for good health, first and foremost, are just finding ways to move more on a regular basis. This can be simple things like taking the stairs, parking further away so you have to walk a little bit further, or going on a 10-minute stroll on your lunch break. Just moving more and sitting less. Second, move with intention around 150 minutes per week. This isn't a prescription, it's a recommendation based on science that's about 30 minutes, five days a week. This is for moderate intensity exercise. If you're exercising vigorously, like a HIIT workout, CrossFit, or sprinting, you can cut this number in half to 75 minutes. So that's about 25 minutes, three times per week. And a combination works well too. Remember, you're doing what feels good to you. 
It's also to import. It's also important to include strength training exercises about twice a week. So my note here um, is that this is especially important for women to improve bone density and muscle mass as we age. But this doesn't mean you need to start lifting. Body weight exercises are effective as well. So things like push-ups and tricep dips can be just as effective as picking up weights. It's just about moving weight around to um, increase our muscle mass and our bone density. So the bottom line here is that you need to move, but move in a way that feels good and allows for flexibility, consistency, and sustainability. Yes, your movement might be hard in the moment, but make sure that hard doesn't mean painful and difficult and it, you're not miserable doing it because if you truly enjoy, genuinely enjoy the way you move and you're focusing on how you feel rather than purely on aesthetics, you won't have a hard time getting in those recommendations. It will come naturally to you. You will find the time to do the movement you love to do. I have more tips on choosing fitness that feels good in episode 18, which I will link in the show notes if you want a little bit more inspiration about finding fitness that really feels good. So let's switch gears and chat gentle nutrition. What does gentle nutrition even mean? By now, you probably all know my stance on nutrition. I believe nutrition is about nourishing ourselves, and this is so much more than just the food we put on our plates. But the food we put in our plates does matter, and there is so much power in food. Food can be medicine. Choosing foods that encourage health can be a powerful part of healing our bodies from chronic health conditions and just improving our overall health, energy, and well-being. But like I said at the start of this episode, we need to first improve our relationship with food before we even begin to implement nutrition changes, because it is all too easy to turn recommendations into rules and restrictions. Nutrition should be fluid and flexible, because no two humans are the same and no two days are the same. We can find what works for us and feels good generally, and allow for that to be an ever-changing and evolving space we live in rather than a rigid set of rules. If you only remember this, nutrition should nourish, not restrict. When I talk about nutrition, I am careful to encourage the women I work with to look at it as adding rather than subtracting. How does it feel when I tell you you need to take away all sugar, gluten, dairy, meat, and only eat fruits and vegetables? Okay, that's a really extreme example, and I do hope you understand that would be incredibly restrictive and hard to balance. But as humans, we immediately resist severe restriction. I'm sure you felt the feeling of, like, I can't do that. That's too many things when I mention that. But so many of us are living in that. We often have this view that if we don't make drastic changes or severely restrict ourselves, that we're not going to make a difference in our health. Now, could one of those things I listed improve your health? Potentially. We are all different, but here is the key. It's not about all or nothing. You don't need to go on a detox or a cleanse to improve your health day to day. We ditched that mindset right along with diets. You have full permission to eat any and all foods. And you also have permission to decide what works for you and say yes to the things that work and no to the things that don't. It's all a learning process. Intuitive eating can feel different for moms. 
We have so many things vying for our attention. Diapers to be changed, laundry to be folded, spills to clean up, and other tiny humans to be fed. Telling a mom to just tune into her body can feel next to impossible. But if you are like many of the moms I know, you're exhausted at the idea of going on yet another diet. I get it. It was exactly where I was just a few years ago. I was so sick of tracking macros and trying to stick to another plan with my busy life. I had stopped enjoying food and I was spending so much time thinking about it that I could have spent with my family. I knew there had to be another way. A way outside of measuring, tracking, and counting? There is intuitive eating. Learning to nourish yourself and your family beyond dieting. But it doesn't have to feel like a daunting endeavor. I want to make intuitive eating work in your real mama life, which is why I created the free Intuitive Mama 5-day mini-series starting on August 26th. It's an audio program delivered via email specifically designed to help moms better tune into their bodies and live their healthiest lives beyond dieting. We'll go over how to tune in when life feels crazy, how to honor your hunger when you feel like you don't have time, how to deal with mom emotions without turning to food, how to make peace with all foods and still feed your family healthy foods, how to respect and nurture your body even when it's changing, and so much more. But here is the catch. It will only be available that week, and afterwards, you'll have to become part of the Supermama Society to access it. So if you want access for free, as well as access to our community so we can go through this together, I would love to have you jump on board. Head to supermamasociety.com moms to sign up now. It's okay to eat less added sugars, less gluten or dairy or any of the above things if that feels good. It turns into a diet or a restriction when we feel like we should or this needs to turn into some sort of a rule. That middle ground can be really hard to find, which is why I recommend adding rather than subtracting. For example, how could you add more real whole foods to your diet so you naturally eat less processed foods? Could you try gluten-free pasta for a week instead of regular and just see how that feels? Could you try out a cashew-based dairy-free ice cream and see if that makes your belly feel better than regular? Exploring is important, but it's also important to come at it with an open mind that is not restrictive, which is why having that healthy relationship with food before making changes is really crucial. So if you feel like you're still working on your relationship with food, I highly encourage you to start there. You can always come back to gentle nutrition changes. Your body is not going to fall apart because you're focusing on your relationship with food for a little while. You can always come back to adding healthy changes. Your relationship with food is going to last forever. That is the most important change you can make, and then you can come back to slowly adding more nutrient-dense foods and improving your nutrition little by little. So let's talk about a few add, not subtract, general nutrition tips. Number one, eat more real food. I have a whole episode on why real food is so important and how to eat real food without restriction, and I will link that in the show notes. But the basic gist here is just simply eating more unprocessed foods, more foods from the earth and the sea rather than foods out of a bag or a box. And again, 
It's not all or nothing. It's just about including more real foods, maybe trying out shopping at the farmer's market, adding more fruits and vegetables that don't come from a package into your daily eats. How can you just eat more real food, add more real food in, And you might notice some of those more processed options just begin to fall away. Once you start including more real food recipes, you won't need those convenience foods as much. But again, like with anything in intuitive eating and nutrition, it's a process. So just begin by adding more. And number two, nutrition comes down to three main points. Variety, moderation, and balance. You need variety in the foods you eat so you can get a variety of nutrients. This goes if you are an omnivore, a vegetarian, paleo, whatever your food values are. I'm clearly not one for labels, but you know we do have different food values. Some people value being more plant-based than others, and I fully respect whatever your values are. But the key here, no matter how you eat, is just to have variety, a variety of nutrients and a variety within nutrients, a variety of different types of fats, of different types of carbs, of different types of proteins, um, different types of vegetables, and just finding a variety in your overall diet. And when I say diet, I hope by now you know, just it means you're eating. Balance is also incredibly important. But this doesn't mean that every meal needs to have the perfect balance of nutrients. I use the power plate as an example of what a balanced plate looks like, but it's really important to understand that this is a template, not a prescription. Some meals aren't going to have as much protein or much at all. Same thing goes with fat or carbs or even vegetables. Having an overall balance, getting carbs, protein, fat, and vegetables or fruit at pretty much every meal is the best way to ensure balanced nutrition. But this doesn't need to turn into a rule. Balance happens over time. It happens over the span of a day, of a week, or of a month. You might have weeks on end where you barely eat a vegetable. You're not going to ruin your health by not eating a vegetable for a week. You're going to be okay. Your body will likely crave more as time goes on. That's why it's so important to tune in. Your body will guide you when you need more of one thing or another. And the last thing would be moderation. But moderation tends to just come naturally when you become an intuitive eater. When you're allowing your body permission, full permission to eat all foods, it's easier to stop when you're satisfied because you're choosing the food that you really truly want rather than going crazy every time you allow yourself a food that might be more of a play food. Balance and moderation of nutrients and play food is easy when you're tuned into your body and have ditched the diet mindset for good. So when you're exploring making changes to your diet, just do regular check-ins after meals. How did my body feel after eating that meal? Did I like that feeling? How am I feeling in my body overall after making some changes? And how hungry did I get after that meal? Did that meal feel like it served me in the way it should? These are just simple questions you can ask yourself on a regular basis to determine what is working and what isn't. If you're in a really good space with your relationship with food, this might be the opportunity to have a food journal. And this doesn't mean you need to meticulously track down, you know, portions or things like that. Just a general idea of, you know, I had a salad with veggies and some chicken and an orange on the side. And I felt great after, you know, just an idea of this felt good. And then, you know, maybe you had, um, I'm not, I don't even know, a piece of cake and, 
you felt good, but um, it didn't really hold you over for very long. What could you do to, you know, choose something that would hold you over a little bit longer just to start to make notes. But again, it's really important to be in a healthy relationship with food before you tackle something like that. So practical tips. Number one, do a movement assessment. How often do you move in your daily life? How much time do you spend sitting? How can you incorporate more movement on a daily basis? Number two, check your exercise. If you're not exercising regularly, what are your barriers to exercise? What is keeping you from exercising? Can you create a list of 10 activities you'd like to try that might feel good? Number three, remember nutrition should nourish, not restrict. Once you've healed your relationship with food and learned to tune in, you can begin to make changes to improve your health without turning them into rigid rules and restrictions. Ask yourself, where do I feel like my body needs the most nourishment? Is it my energy levels, recovery after exercise? Is my digestion wonky? Am I dealing with some inflammation? And then number four, developing a habits-based mindset when it comes to nutrition. It's not about sweeping changes. This often leads to rebellion just like with diets. Developing a one habit at a time mindset with the freedom to ditch the habit if it isn't working for you will help you begin to improve your health through food one small change at a time. Remember friends, nutrition comes down to variety, balance, and moderation. There's no one right way to eat. It's all about adding practices that will improve your health and well-being rather than taking things away. It's about tuning in to what feels good so you can truly thrive and feel like your healthiest, happiest self. That is a wrap of the Intuitive Eating Summer Series. I hope this was helpful for you to begin to dig deeper into the 10 principles of intuitive eating to improve your relationship with food and find what works for you and only you. Remember, there are 7.5 billion people on the planet. There is only one you diet. If you are feeling like your body and health could benefit from finding freedom with food or need guidance on leading into gentle nutrition in a balanced way, please shoot me an email, chris at healthymamachris.com, to book a free one-on-one discovery session or join the waitlist for the Supermama Society, my online nutrition and intuitive eating group coaching membership where I give you access to monthly coaching with me, audio exercises, exclusive recipes, ebooks, printables, and so much more to help you feel like the super mama I know you are intuitively. Registration opens again in just a couple of weeks, so enter your email at supermamasociety.com and uh, you can be the first to be notified when we open registration. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.